0: what is up everybody it is taylor price of the taylor price podcast and before i go any further i want to say shout out to steel beans uh i found your tiktok as i was scrolling through uh and i was looking for music that i wanted to debut or something like that and it this was awesome so this tiktok as you guys can see here is steel beans he's a one-man band that is amazing so uh, I want you guys to check that out and I want you guys to uh, enjoy and look, help him fund his tour, steelbeans.bandcamp.com. Uh, this dude sounds awesome. I would love to go to one of his shows if he if he heads up to Minneapolis. So with that being said, I want to talk to you guys about a few things that I had on my mind for the podcast. It's been a crazy week. It's been my birthday week and uh, I turned 29. I'm, you know, I, I don't feel like you know, these birthdays really mean anything at this point. It's kind of one of those things where you just kind of look to get away and, uh, hope that, you know, you spend enough time, uh, you know, just relaxing that you can make something out of it. So that's what I did. I, uh, me and my fiance, we went and we, uh, we took a little trip away. We got a little time spent away. I will shout out that place as well. It's called getaway.house. If you guys want to check that out, I'll put their links in the description as well. Um, there's just there's just so many people I can shout out this week. It's kind of cool. I like to uh, talk about things that I like. I think that's the whole point of this podcast. And this week I am doing it by myself. I wanted to uh, to kind of get a little bit more off of my chest and uh, not talk so much about MLB the show. I kind of want to talk about more things that I you know am interested in, but also a lot of things that are happening right now. I mean, there's a lot of drama going on, and some things that I kind of thought about that were um, kind of important to me. I mean, with Thursday happening, I mean that was. A uh, fun night for me. I was away from the world. It's my birthday. But I also was watching Thursday Night Football. And if you guys were paying attention, if, I don't know if anybody in the world uh, didn't see this, but Tua Tungavaloa, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, he had what was one of the scariest injuries to see in the NFL. If not in in any sport, um, there's something to be said about head injuries and trauma that is scary to see on TV. But if you are um, a fan of mixed martial arts or like the UFC or boxing, even um, there are things like this that happen fairly often, you know, there are head injuries. There are plenty of uh, times when there are scary things that happen uh, in fighting, but this is in the NFL. Uh, we're hoping to protect ourselves and we're hoping that the NFL is going to protect the players. I shouldn't say ourselves but protect the players in respect to uh, keeping them from you know further damage once they've already been injured and Tua four days ago or you know four days before the the said incident had a concussion which should have been documented as one um, I mean clearly was stumbling because of the head injury that he had on Sunday and if and this is just going back to something that hits home with me. I've had four documented, only four documented uh, severe concussions. And all of them came with other injuries. So they weren't uh, associated directly by themselves. And every other time that I have been knocked out, which has been numerous times, I've never, it's never been documented. And I know that I have more that has been, than has been on paper. And this is, it's a scary thing because uh, even slight bumps cause me to have massive headaches for long periods of time that I don't think would normally happen to other people. Um, so I take concussions very seriously. I think about my head trauma that I've had up until this point, And I've, I think about it a lot. I wonder um, if there's going to be some lingering things down the road. If it already hasn't hit me now, I'm a very forgetful person. And I would like to think that my memory used to be pretty good. Um, I have a pretty good recollection for stories and details, but it scares me to watch some, you know, a professional athlete have to go through which and, and I'm not a doctor, but this is coming from my experience and this is coming from somebody who got knocked out, woke up, was ready to go back in the game and still went in and, you know, could have had more things happen. I don't remember most of it. Um, there was a time I broke my nose in a basketball game. I had blood everywhere. Luckily for me, it wasn't on my jersey, so I could go back in. If, had I got hit in the head again, I couldn't. I can't imagine how easily it would have been for me to get knocked out. Luckily, I didn't. But then after the game, we did a concussion test. I had a severe concussion. They allowed me to go back into the game. This was in high school. So I didn't graduate till 2012. I'm old. Clearly, I've mentioned that by saying I'm 29 uh, at the beginning of this podcast. Um, but... I mean, it's it just says that there's still there's an a an era and a, not too recently a time where we didn't take concussions as seriously, and now that we are and we're still seeing that there are times when we're kind of forgetting, it, it it pegs the question like, are we really going to wait until somebody dies on the football field? Or I mean, we've already had people die in boxing, and we're and there's still people boxing, MMA, same thing, but in the NFL where it's on a national stage, where it's been the the America's sport, that is a scary thing to think about. It's a heavy subject. You don't want to uh, outrule it, though. There's going to be times when there are going to be severe injuries that you have to hi- – like they highlighted it way too many times. But you, can't, you have to let people know that this is something that happens in the game. But you have to take it seriously as well. I mean the, the thing that just popped up as I was driving in from work – uh, on my way home, they fired the neurologist, I think, for the Dolphins. I mean, somebody has to take the fall. Somebody has to get fired for the situation. And the coach isn't going to be the one who ends up clearing anybody to to play. He's going to, if he has an available player, he's going to play that player. If Tua gives him the best chance to win, why wouldn't you put him in the game? yes you as a coach and a human being know that that man has been concussed recently and you should take that considerably you know you, you take that in consideration but at the same time you want to win the football game and if Tua's looking at you every single day and being like no coach i'm ready i'm here i'm ready i can do this you're a young coach you want to win the game of course you put him in the game but you worry in the back of your head that something might happen to him and it did and this is what happens you get on a national stage where you're the only game everyone's watching and something did happen it's a scary thought but you're also looking at your team you're looking at your 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 doctors you're looking at the whole group of people that are in the background and you're you're hoping that they have your back as well now there is gonna like i said there's got to be a fall guy there has to be somebody that's going to take the blame and take this you know right on the chin and has to get fired for it. The neurologist, the guy who cleared him, I think they mentioned something in the article, like there's multiple things that happened. There are multiple mistakes that led to this firing. And I would probably agree if he let him play after that first concussion, if he said that he was cleared based on like a concussion baseline test, um, then yeah. And I'm, you know, this is going on based on previous knowledge. I know. I remember back when I was doing this, I took a concussion baseline test And if I failed that test, clearly I had a concussion, but I started to remember those answers. So you have to, you just have to take it again. You have to, you have to update. You have to almost micromanage those people who get more head trauma than other people. And that takes a lot more effort, probably a lot, you know, maybe another person to keep an eye on it, but it seems like other teams have found the right way to do it because there are other athletes that are coming out right now stating that their doctors And their, their team behind them kept them away from the game and it saved their life. So if those are things that are happening, then, then why are we, why are we miscalculating this situation? There should have been somebody in that doctor's ear or that team's ear saying, Hey, there's, there's gotta be something done for the guy. Um, you know, we got to take a second look. We got to get a second opinion and it just didn't happen. And you feel, you feel terrible for Tua. Concussions are no joke and you hope for the best, you know, for the best for the guy, but there are so many other factors that can be taken into consideration when getting you back onto the field after you've had some head trauma. So, um, but getting fired, that's an, that's something that, you know, somebody always has to take the fall and it's happened to me. I've had to take the fall, even though I've done good work before. Um, I'm not speaking for this guy. This guy clearly they said made some mistakes, but there's, there's going to be some cover, you know, they got to cover their, their asses in some way. Um, but I mean, I, this is just coming from personal experience. I managed a golf course. This is, this is small scale. This is completely small scale. If you do, if you know anything about businesses and managing, um, you, you know, that golf courses operate at a negative basically on the golf operations alone. So, we're managing a golf course you have you need to have a good food operations or bar and beverage operation um to keep that that golf course afloat and also memberships kind of help play into that and if you're a wedding destination that helps too so the the golf course i happen to manage i was working at beforehand as you know a grounds crew member so i was i could do anything you ask on a on a on a golf course i could i can mow greens, mow roughs, mow tees and collars. I can cut cups. I can, I can aerate a green. I can put in water lines. I can install sprinklers. I can do all that. Like anything maintenance wise, I got pretty good at turf wise. I don't know the turf knowledge that you need, but there is a whole nother side to the the golf course, the, the managing side that if you don't, if you don't have selling skills, then you're just, you're just it's, you have to have good customer service. You have to be able to service the, the golfers that come in. I got fired from a golf course after tripling their membership at their B course, they had two different courses and their A course was their top tier course where they had to have their memberships cost a little more. And because of that, they had a second course that was a little rundown. It had an extra nine holes compared to the 18 that they had at the main course. This course had, it just it it was not well kept. It wasn't it wasn't kept up to the same standards as the A course, hence why they funneled most of the money into that that main one. Uh, so it was my job that summer to sell memberships to just drive interest in this crappy golf course that has had minimum amount of members every single year. And as a manager, I was allowed to see everything. I was allowed to see into the books and to see you know, everything. And that's the whole point of being a manager. You have control. I was able to run deposits. I was able to, you know, lock and lock the safe, do, you know, do the whole closing procedures at the end of the night, make sure everything's clean and, and make sure the cards are all back, lock everything down. So I know how I knew how to manage my golf course. I was also good at selling things. I could sell beauty products in Sam's club. In fact, I did that. I didn't know anything about foaming cleanser or facial scrub, but I sold out of my product. So imagine what I can do with something I like. Well, I love golf. I love golfing. I love golf memberships. I love trying to get people to enjoy the game. So you bring me to the golf course. I'm going to just sell out. All you got to do is ask. So it was my job as a manager to help sell memberships. That was my goal. So what did I do? What did I do when I was selling those beauty products? I learned the averages. I learned what I needed to, uh, to know to help sell as well. So with beauty products, you need to know a few things, but what is it used for? And then how much it costs and how much of it do you get? So with beauty products, I was selling a year supply of facial scrubs all in a bottle. Facial scrubs cost, cost like hundreds of dollars every time. So if you can do two facials a month for, for way less, cause you buy a year supply of it for 60 bucks, boom. You got what you need. I can sell golf memberships to golfers because they already like being there. They wouldn't be there if they didn't, they didn't want to be. But you got to sell them on the experience that they're going to get there. I knew how to sell that. I knew how to do that easy. I look into the, to the Excel spreadsheet. I see how many members there was in the, in the past year, in the past couple of years. Actually, I can go back the last five years. I can see how many members there were for the last five years and i see that there was no more than 260 members total on in any given year and the lowest they got was maybe 230 so they were they had a rough average of the same amount of people every single year give or take 30 so it was my job to sell memberships and help that number grow we were selling memberships for 200 a piece 199 plus a little tax, but that got you, you know, golf Monday through Saturday, or no, Mon- you know, Monday through, you know, every day of the week. Sorry. You got, you got golf every day of the week. It only cost you 17 bucks. If you wanted to take a cart, our course was small enough where you could walk it. So if you wanted to 200 bucks, got you free golf for an entire summer. That's insane. That was a very cheap deal, if you ask me, especially for 27 holes. So you're not getting the same nine holes or the same 18 every day. You can literally mix it up. Um, I don't know. I liked that. I had a good time at that golf course myself. And once it was kind of in good shape a little bit later in that summer, once we had gotten some money because foreshadowing, once I was there, I was able to get people to buy into that. So much so that before June, we already had 400 members, almost doubling already what we had the previous year. And I was told that I was going to take on a bigger role. And that's what I did. I was there more often. I was there from almost day from sunshine to sunset. Like I was there all the time. So much so that all of a sudden we had 600 members about two months later at the end of July. So we have all these members, it starts to slow down because it's pretty much all the people in the area, plus some who are coming from a little bit further down who wanna just get some good cheap golf. And I was told one day out of the blue that a customer had been refused to play. And in fact, two other customers, members, who would have paid $17 each, were refused to play. And it was me who had refused them. Peculiar because I don't remember refusing anybody. I've been here trying to triple the membership. Why why would I refuse anybody? Doesn't I mean, if it's the end of the day and there's no carts out or something like that, I don't know. I didn't get an explanation when I asked my manager. I asked, I asked like, can I talk to these customers? Is there, do, do I know these customers? Who are the members? He didn't tell me. My manager actually did not tell me. He told me I believe them. In fact, I think they're right. I think you refuse customers. So this was peculiar. I'm being told that I refuse customers when all I've tried to do is triple the membership give them money why would I want to not get money it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me we move on a, a couple days pass the manager comes back I'm the only one there I'm texting people all morning because I wasn't supposed to be in that morning but nobody texted me about why the alarm code hadn't been used that morning. So I, I rush in, I'm 25 minutes away. I get there. I start pulling carts. I, I open everything and I'm wondering where my other manager is. And then the, the head guy, the head pro comes in and he's looking at me and he's like, so, uh, remember those three customers? I'm like, yeah. He said, well, I had a talk with them. And, uh, after hearing their story, um, you and I are going to have to have a talk. And I said, okay. And then the customer that I was dealing with left the pro shop. And then he sat me down and he said that he was demoting me. He was demoting me back to a cart kid, basically, and a starter at the main course. So I'm still at the B course. I've all, I've been at the B course all summer. So now I'm getting demoted. I'm not losing pay. I'm getting paid the same, which was like 16 bucks an hour. And then I'm going to be just starting being a marshal and running carts because he believed these customers. I'm okay. Two weeks go by. He's holding an event for uh, a, a wounded veteran. It's a wounded veteran. I remember this now. It's a wounded veteran tournament and there's 40 golfers and these 40 golfers want to all golf four guys 10 straight tee times all back to back they don't want anybody in between and why would you put anybody in between these guys on their tournament they they pay good money to be here they have you know sponsors on every hole and you know flags banners all this stuff all around the place what you don't do is you do not put tea times in between those guys. And that head pro, the guy who had just demoted me, put golfers in between almost every tee time because he saw that there was a little bit of wiggle room on the tee sheet because the guy who did it online wanted to give his guys enough time because he knew that they're wounded veterans. They need time to... They need time to get to the hole. I mean, they need they're they, they're not all able-bodied golfers. Let's just be real here. They're gonna play the four hour time limit. Like that's okay. They're they they're paying for our time, they're paying for these sponsors, they're paying for this whole event. And he uh he schedules golfers in between. And I'm I'm hearing about it all day. Our golf course isn't the greatest in terms of like speed, in terms of the first couple holes and how they manage. But at the same time, like good, good golfers still have a hard time with it. So it's going to get jammed up at the first couple of holes, especially if you're putting 40 golfers in there with other golfers in between. So I'm hearing about it the entire time. I'm trying to get people going. I'm driving around in, in my, in my cart, trying to help people along and, and telling people, Hey, we got an event going like this and that. Is it okay if we just pick up here? I was trying to help. I really was. And at the end of the day, the, uh, the guy who organized it, you know, it's dusk. He's pissed because it took him five and a half hours to get their round done. And he's like, I'm never doing this again. We're never going to bring our event here. I'm sorry. You've been great. You have wonderful customer service. I am sorry, but you're going to have to tell the head pro, "Hey, I'm going to have to bleep out his name. I'm, you're going to have to tell the head pro, like, hey, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're not doing this again. We're not. So I go to the head pro. I look at him dead in the face and I say, hey, these guys just told me that they don't want to hold their event here anymore. They, they, they're distraught. Like they're mad. And I'm trying to get to him and he brushes me off. And then when he goes inside, I see him talking To the guy, and the guy's mad, and just just nodding and just being like, "Yep," and doesn't say a word to him. I can tell the guy is just just angry, but didn't didn't express everything that he wanted to say because just just sitting there trying to like get him out of the door, and he could tell. And I'm fed up. I'm kind of like, man, I I got demoted for this. I got demoted for doing my job, and then when I do my job you tell me I'm I'm wrong or you brush me off. So I kind of got a little angry. I was like, I I need to talk to you. So I, I bring him over and I start to say like, so what do you, like in my head, I'm trying to think of a right way to word this. I didn't have enough time to even rehearse this. But what I wanted to say was like, what do you value here? Like, do you value the golfers and their time and their money? Or do you value like, just like getting through the day like what what is it that is causing you to just act so apparently as as a manager and just make so many people upset that you're looking for somebody to blame in a in a young 20 year old who is just trying to help you sell memberships like you asked so i didn't have enough time to really put that all into a formulated sentence but hey what I could get out was like hey man like what's going on like I feel wronged here like I've worked my butt off and I got nothing for it these guys don't want to golf here anymore he said you don't know what you're talking about you're fired give me your walkie-talkie I was stunned He didn't even want to hear me out. He didn't look at me and say like, Hey, let's talk about this later. Like, let's focus on getting these guys out of here. Or, Hey, let's clean up the place first. We'll talk about this on our own time. He didn't even want to, he didn't even want to mess around and, and find out. (laughs) It blew my mind. I worked hard. I thought I had done everything that he had asked and more. I'd even, so the stupidest thing is, and I let myself get treated like shit for like about two weeks. During those two weeks of him, after he demoted me, he had sent me to every odd job that he could possibly find. And it was all in an effort to get me to quit. Because if I quit, then he wouldn't owe me any money. Like plain and simple. If he fires me, I can, you know, use him. Like if, until I find a job, I basically, he owes me, you know, my severance pay and everything and all that stuff. Because he fired me, so that that was he was trying to get me fired. Like that is one of the the scummiest things that I have ever dealt with. And and the sad part is is when I found jobs later on, and I would talk to other people about that golf course. They enjoy. They would always say they enjoyed their first time there, but they would never go back. And that's just such a sad thing, because it's like it's you. You tried your best to help a business and you tried to stay loyal i was even working there before i was a manager for a couple of years like on the grounds crew and i loved it so the fact that this guy could ruin the the image and the the reputation just by being a dick says a lot i mean customer service does matter and and i don't know there is always a fall guy i mean in the end i was the fall guy for this guy's you know mess up even though he i had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with his scheduling. I didn't schedule this event. I had nothing. Like I wasn't a manager at that point. I wasn't even a manager at that golf course. In fact, I was a manager at the other course that you wanted me to be at. Running the men's league, giving lessons to kids, running carts, tripling the membership. Like, I don't know what else you wanted me to do. I mean, if you think about it, $200 times 600 members, what's that, 30 grand? I made you 30 grand in a summer. I didn't see any of it. I didn't get commission off of that. That's, that's hard to swallow for me. It's like, how do you, how do you look at that person and be like, yeah, I, I, I'm loyal to that. Like I was, I was very dumb. I was a young 24 year old, 25 year old, I think. Um, and I was, I was stupid. I was letting myself, uh, get treated like crap for, for, for no money, like way less than I was worth. Um, I even went, ended up working for less money at a place that I enjoyed later on. And it was just because the people around me and I could work more hours, I could actually make up that money and and commission too. So it was, it was nice. So, you know, the selling skills that I developed were, were what kept me afloat, to be honest with you. Like it's what kept me from, from looking, uh, you know, just looking to, to quit right away. I had a lot of, I built up a lot of relationships while I was at that golf course. I met one of my good friends to this day who works at the golf channel right now um, at the, at that golf course, he, w- I wouldn't have met him had I not worked there. So I don't take that, that experience for granted. Like I've met some of the, my, the coolest people in the world while I was doing that job. Did that manager ruin that experience? Of course. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to ever regret that. That was a learning experience and getting fired from it wasn't like, wasn't justified obviously, but it it was, it was something that, teaches you you know getting fired from any job or failing at anything teaches you something um i never really failed any classes up until i got into college i wasn't i didn't have the best grades or anything but i didn't fail i tried not to fail any classes i didn't fail a class until i got to college the guy failed me though uh, <laughs> uh this is stupid my grandmother died um th- during the semester that I was taking this course and i went to uh go visit her while she was uh, in hospice and when I came back I was pretty distraught I didn't really want to go to class it was right around Christmas time so you can imagine I was a little you know a little messed up when I came back that professor was was like like uh, side-eyeing me he was pissed at me for some reason I didn't know why and then later in the week he he sits me down and he's like I looked up an obituary and I didn't find one for your grandmother's name. I'm going to fail you for all your attendance days because you've missed enough where you're basically going to fail. So, and I said, I looked, I was, I was stunned. So he looked up my last name and the obituary for my grandmother. She's on my mom's side. So it was in my ma- my mom's maiden name. He didn't know that he didn't bother to, he didn't bother to ask. So I failed a class because... My professor didn't believe that my grandmother died. One of the scariest <laughs> scariest, and weirdest and like, I, I didn't even fight it to be honest with you. I, I told one of my closest like other advisors, but uh, it wasn't until a year later that all of that kind of came back to help me like all these bad experiences. But I wouldn't have graduated from that college had I not gone through that too. So it's like one of those learning experiences like it was shitty at the time. It was definitely unjustified. The guy looked up an obituary for my last name and f- just failed so the the main thing I learned from that was just like you you know some people are just gonna be shitty and there's nothing you can do to help it, but you gotta just you gotta you know, learn and try to get through things as best you can I mean, I made it through that college experience and i I graduated with the bachelors, so would I go back to school? No, no academia has proven to me that that's definitely not where I wanna be but at the same time, you know, it's it's never out of the realm of possibility if the if, if colleges change. Um and high schools too. High schools need to change how we we need it all needed to change how we teach kids. I think uh Bill Nye the science guy taught me more in chemistry than any other teacher did. So the fact that I can learn from a, a, a VCR and a TV screen. They would wheel those th- those suckers in every every uh time my teacher was gone and that was the best. I looked forward to Bill Nye the science guy. That was the best. You could learn so much from that guy. And that's the reason why we need to teach in that in that sense. You know, teach in the same way that he's teaching, because there's there's no way that we can continue to throw books at kids and throw the, the same style of teaching at these people who are Really showing that, that we're, we learn a different way. Our attention spans are small. We need to be entertained. We need to see things. We need to uh, be. I mean, once VR becomes more of a thing, I, I wonder how that realm of teaching is going to change with uh, with VR and everything. We're going to see like you know the ability to go to different places and see things um, in better views. So I would hope that uh, that teaching evolves with that as well. I mean, we still need to pay teachers more. As oh God my my fiance used to be a preschool teacher they underpaid the crap out of her too so we don't we don't pay teachers enough as is that's that's just one of those u.s things that we have to deal with so it's been kind of a like ongoing trend and if we're not going to change it then there's not going to be teachers sooner or later we're just going to run out but full slate on the uh on the docket for for the united states here we got a lot of drama going on in the world. I mean, you know, the NFL has got drama. The I got drama. I mean, my, my, my work's not paying me. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. We're, you know, my work's not paying me. HR is struggling. I mean, I feel like the whole world is struggling right now and I, and it's, you know, the hurricane as well. Like I can understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good to try to like get mad at people while there's like, you know, a huge you know hurricane going on, but I do need to I need. I do need to get paid too. I work hard. You're not getting your full paycheck. You should. You, you. deserve to get that. Everybody does. So, uh, I hope. I hope the best for for everybody in terms of not just getting their money, but then like their safety as well. Like I want everyone to be safe and and feel comfortable. So, I would hope that uh that everything works out for the best in in terms of in terms of that. Because all, all I'm asking is that. I don't know i want to put out more content i want to put out more uh more stories and maybe you know get more involved on social media tiktok wise or or on youtube wise so that there can be uh i don't know more outreach and more more focus on on things that i'm thinking about and i wanted i would really love to get more creators on here Uh, i think kev brado i gotta thank him again for coming on twice I think that was one of the coolest things ever is getting somebody that i watch somebody that i think is uh impactful to to hop on the podcast and uh and uh, express their opinion on a game that we both love I'm hoping to get more mlb youtubers on and get like a like i said a, a think tank together of these guys that can uh, really expand deeper with their knowledge of the game because they play it you know well, it's almost at a professional level you you would think, I mean, they're, they're playing it on YouTube. They play, you would think that most YouTubers have at least some skill, but then also recognize the flaws in the game because they're playing it so often. So I would love to get their, um, their, their more people in involved creator wise. I want to get their views on the game because that's, that's, uh, that's important to me. So the podcast has been all over the place today. I don't even care. That's the that's the beauty of it. I'm talking about things that I want to talk about, you know, concussions, getting fired from jobs, um, and, uh, craziness, you know, the, the, the world is crazy. There's nothing you can do about it, but on a lighter note, I, I don't know. I want to highlight, uh, some, some creators and some, some, uh, cool people that I've been been rocking with recently and, and uh, Kev Brado, namely. Uh, I've been watching a lot of his YouTube, but the Danny Brown show uh, with YMH studios, uh, I, I love comedians. That's one of the the main content that I'm consuming on YouTube is a lot of comedians and uh, I guess like commentary YouTubers, the Pat McAfee show, Pat McAfee show comes on <clears throat> a lot, excuse me. So, you know, right now I'm consuming a lot of that. And I think the uh, the Danny Brown show was one of those that pops up recently that I'm, freaking I love that show I mean Danny Brown is funny he's got a good concept going and I I I might end up uh doing some of those things that he does too because they're they're good ideas and I I think uh I think those topics that uh I've I've let run around in my head of things I want to talk about I think if I can get those like you know on a board somewhere and then throw some darts at it or something to figure out what I'm going to talk about for the day would be a good idea we'll see so with that being said, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. I like when uh I have uh, another guest on, I feel like it's always going to be a little bit longer of an episode unless I have something, you know, super super long lined up or or anything like that, but the whole point of this podcast being that I want to talk to people that I like to talk to and uh talk about things I want to talk about. So, you're going to hear more from me in the future and i hope you guys uh paid attention to the shouts out that i had today so again i gotta shout out uh the the steel beans i think that's right let me let me double check why did i why do i always yeah it's steel beans why am i why am i getting crazy here steel beans i gotta shout them out because steel beans for that that song that i was playing in the intro um Every, everybody go check out the song it's available on steelbeans.bandcamp.com help him fund his tour um dude, he's a one-man band i mean he's just doing that all by himself how can you not like that and uh i want to shout out uh want to shout out i mean the danny brown show that's a good one too that's those two shout outs i always i always love when uh creators do kind of cool things i like the green screen ideas that danny brown has <laughs> a uh and uh, the stories that he has are, are great so I, I would love to go deeper into topics that kind of he kind of cuts into because um i think right now with my job I, I would rather not talk about some of those topics only because of the type of work i do and i don't want my my uh, my work to see me as as a delinquent or something like that because i'm not that person i'm a very organized person now i <laughs> uh become a lot more professional because of this job and uh previous jobs. So but uh my my younger self was uh was a little wild and I would love to talk about that stuff but I got to be a little bit more PG um but still talk about relevant things I guess. I don't know. Uh with that, I want to thank you guys again. This has been a lot of fun for me. I think uh I usually have this trend of doing a trio doing 3 episodes of anything and then cutting it out. So I'm going to make this a goal of mine to to really work hard and uh and push past that uh that habit that I have of just giving up after 3 episodes of things if I don't see the value. I don't know why. I I was very good at like coming up with ideas but then I was not very good at continuing them back when I was a YouTuber. So I want to keep that going. I want to keep pushing forward. I want to keep moving this podcast forward and that's something that I'm not going to give up on I'm not willing to uh, put that dream aside and I want to talk to more people so if you guys have ideas of people that you would like uh, that you think are cool and just shout them out seriously I would love to explore the world of podcasters more and explore um, YouTubers you guys think are funny Uh, send me TikToks you name it I'll review a TikTok if you'd like Um, and do some commentary over it or something let me know if you guys enjoyed the podcast, feel free to follow me on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube, uh, Taylor Price Podcast, and follow me on Twitter at Taylor Price Pod. You guys have been wonderful. I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a wonderful day.